Welcome to the May Road Show, episode number 275. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me, and as an added bonus, a little hot tea as well. <sighs> Lovely stuff. Hanging out at the Casa de Cold Coffee, it is Oscar Willis from the Mac Live. Excuse me, excuse me, it. Oscar Willis from the World MMA Awards nominated the Mac Life. Had my cherry popped, finally. Congratulations. <laughs> it's exciting stuff, but as, as well to you guys, congratulations on the nomination oh, once you, again. Sir. Thank and, you, sir. And a personal one to you, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, obviously, I know in my category, it's a little difficult to <laughs> overcome the mountain that is Ariel Hawani, but I did get my one trophy back early in the day, and they can never take that away from me. I got the very <laughs> first one, but uh, I always say, and I, and I mean it, uh, I, I'd, I'd rather win the team award. It's, to me, that's like the championship Versus the MVP. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The MVP is cool. That's nice and all. But at the end of the day, you want to win the big one. So even though we're in direct competition right now, I guess, for that vote, uh, I'll still say, hey, please go out and vote for us. If you want to vote for the Mag Live, I can't hate. I but feel we like would if prefer somebody, you know, if if somebody ends this, up uh, getting buried in an Abu Dhabi <laughs> desert and <laughs> – that could be a that could be themselves. a number of reasons. Well, I guess now, never mind, because your outlet would still exist. It'd be different if one of the journalists happened. Well, to get listen, buried. and let and let me let me just defer for a moment here. I mean, so something that some people might not realize, and I'll be the first one to point it out, even though it's it's downing us a little bit. I have been to all of the pandemic area MMA events except for one because I was on furlough. You have been at every single one of them, so I will give it. Oscar Willis is the pandemic. MMA champion. Now, we had coverage at MMA Junkie, so we still deserve your vote. Cold Coffee filled in for me on the week I was off, but I just want to give props where props are due. I know I'm kind of a known as an Iron Man, but, I mean, the, the, the pandemic era uh, Iron Man is, is you, sir. Listen, when you have epics like Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvillo, someone has to be there, and I refuse to hear otherwise. But <laughs> personally, I mean, obviously people listening to this should vote for you rightfully, so... Um, uh, and either way, we have a mountain to climb in in ESPN. I mean, they've got, I, I think they've got maybe just a little bit bigger budget. I don't remember. Slightly I, I reckon, bigger budget. But either way, it's, it's you know, I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my parents. It's just such an honor to be nominated. It's kind of feel good, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. listen, for those of you that have followed along the way, I mean, you've kind of, I don't want to say built the thing from scratch because you weren't on the ground floor. There were some people that laid some groundwork before you. But I feel like it's really flourished kind of since you, you took the reins. Well, I, I was the first guy they ever hired, but I just I, the other people got hired that had a, a bigger profile than me. And, okay. But I will say in terms of uh, being nominated, um, I don't think it's – in the Mac Life's short but eventful history, I don't think we're ever going to really get here. So uh, it's it's pretty cool to uh, – it's cool to be recognized and, and – uh, it does feel like a bit of vindication for the work. That's awesome, in. man. Yeah, you, as anybody that listens to this knows, man, you grind shoulder to shoulder right there with us, man. So, so you deserve yeah. it. Is the uh, is the boss man? Has the boss man chimed in yet? Is he? Uh, oh, I couldn't confirm or deny. You know <laughs> what I mean? He's retired, John. He's you know he's retired. He's, he's doing other things. Doesn't yeah. even focus on MMA anymore. I don't. Probably doesn't even notice. No, I <laughs> I uh, I will say to be honest, like on a personal level, that um, we're nominating stuff, but I feel as such a a young outlet, it is main mainly me and maybe John Balf who writes some articles you guys have got a whole team so if if it was if it wasn't for the fact I was nominated I think you guys deserve I think the the work you've put in this year especially bringing in Farrah and Nolan who are both absolutely excellent I think it would be uh, uh, you guys would it would not be an injustice to see you guys 
picking it up this year. I appreciate that. I appreciate and now that. neither of us are going to win. And it's <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not. You know what? I, I am bummed, man. You know, people people talk about the World MMA Awards uh, in, in, in various ways. And some people say, ah, it's just a popularity contest. Whatever. I will say I'm going to miss the ceremony this year. And I, and that, I should say, they're still tentatively saying we're going to try to do it in October. I just – I think we all know where we stand in the world right now. I don't feel like – especially in the United States and, hell, especially in Las Vegas, our numbers in Nevada, yeah. it just seems like we're going the wrong way. I'm going to miss it, man. I, I know some people talk trash about the World MMA Awards, whatever. I enjoy it, man. Getting – you know, the one time a year I get dressed up in a suit. It's always funny because it's happened to me a couple times where I put the suit jacket on and I reach in the pocket. I'm like, what the hell is in here? And it's the ticket from the previous years because <laughs> it's still sitting in there because it's the only time I wear a jacket. I'm going to kind of miss that a little bit. We'd have fun. I was talking to Jim Edwards yesterday, and he said, oh, you know, I hope John brings his friend. Whoever you – like, it's the only time me and Jim have ever met your friend. And, every, like, last year he got me – drunk before I interviewed Dolph Lundgren yes. so I was like slurring on Dolph Lundgren's shirt being like <laughs> how are you going to beat Rocky and stuff like that yeah. that is my boy Tony uh, he's a big MMA fan and he loves coming with me and he's my plus one every year my wife is gone enough times so she, she doesn't really worry about anymore so we go together and we go hang out and I, he, I think he helps me have a really good time as well because yeah. we, we have plenty of cocktails uh, one year he walked up to Jeremy Piven and told him that like he owned the theater that the thing was being <laughs> held in and Jeremy Piven was like oh we got to take a picture together you know oh, he's like well geez. If you insist, so Tony's that kind of guy where yeah. he just goes out and, and has a little fun. And I think hustles. that was I think that was the same year. Danny Austin and I called Jeremy Piven a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny! Austin. He was rude to Heidi Fang. What are you gonna do, man? I miss seeing Danny Piven Austin. Was? Yeah, he was rude to Heidi Fang. What did he do to Fang? He said something like. He said something. I can't. He said something like, "Oh, you got Francis and Garner, the body of a Greek god, and me, the body of a Greek salad." And she said, "How do you have a body of a Greek salad?" And then he looked at her and was like, "Do you want to try that again?" And I think Danny Austin, who'd had a few beers, was like, what did you fucking say? Uh, <laughs> wow. So he was upset that she didn't get the joke or whatever? Yeah, I think that she underplayed his joke. And, and then I think Danny Austin was like, don't talk to Heidi like that. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. This is the type of hard-hitting MMA yeah, reports yeah. that you really want to get. Uh, by the way, I should say, speaking of Conor McGregor, I just came from this morning doing a uh, – a, a uh, filming project, documentary. I was I was just interviewed as part of it. It was all socially distanced. It was kind of crazy. I'd been talking to the producer. He originally wanted to come out and do the interview in person, but obviously that doesn't make sense. So he stayed back in New York and we did it via Skype. But he had like a production team in there that was shooting it. Well, two people, I should say, production team. They kept their mask on. They stayed six feet. All the things that you got to do. Um, but it was funny. I, I ended up interviewing for like an hour and a half. I don't know who all they talked to for this thing, but. Uh, I don't even hell, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about. Yeah, it, I was about to say. Yeah, I, was yeah, looking, I, I was looking at you like no, I don't think I signed anything, so whatever. <laughs> uh, I, but anyway, there is this documentary project being done. Uh, but it was funny. There, there at one point they talked about uh, the lifestyle and like how Connor really, you know, once he started getting money, he embraced you know having the flashy cars and having the. And I did, I did kind of subtly working in. I was like, you, you might could say he was living the Mac life. Oh, you beauty. <laughs> We'll chop that. We'll steal that. And we'll put that in the package for the award. So if that, does, if that doesn't make it in the final cut, you need to reach out to him and uh, maybe, maybe you can use that as a promo. That'd be unreal. That's great. So listen, uh, Cold Coffee is, is busy grinding away. You and me, we're, we're hanging out today. We just got our, our, our COVID-19 test done. Is that number 12? I think 10 for me and 12 for you because I missed the two on the uh, week that I didn't go. It might be six. 13 for me then. No, no, no. It is 12. It is 12. Yeah. Six here. Just a lowly six. You got six tests. I know, right? Three, three Vegas shows. We, we collectively, all of us probably have more tests than ninety nine point nine percent of the world. Of people in it's Vegas, crazy. yeah. Like, well, it's population. funny when I went to go eat the other day, and I was telling a guy about. I've had more than Dana. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I just realized, which is really crazy. 
Yeah, I was talking to one of the guys, and he was like, uh, he was wearing his mask, and he was like, oh, I just, I don't know how I feel, I, you know, because there's uncertainty until you go and get your first test. Yeah. There's always that uncertainty. You know, you're like, well, if I did, I'm, I'm I, obviously I'm still good. But when you know that you've been tested, then it's like sort of like a badge of honor. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I know I'm good. It's funny when My you, circle's good. It's funny when you've had enough tests that you can feel the difference in the guy administering to it. Like, so <laughs> yeah. today I'm like, oh, you went a bit deep there, sir. You know, it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> there was a test one time where I, I was like, the guy didn't really swab the right spot. I didn't feel it that much. There I'm was like, a couple. I was like, listen, you half-assed that. Get in there. <laughs> I was like, we need to know for sure, sir. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. it's it's we've definitely done quite a bit. And from from what we uh, are hearing, uh, we're going to do quite a bit more. We're still learning, and I kind of want to share because, I mean, really that's what this is about. There's no big fights this week, so it's really just about the anticipation of the trip to Fight Island. Like I said, we did have to take a test. That test has to come back negative before we can even go on the plane. Yep. And from what we understand, the best we can tell, and we really literally kind of just got the documentation literally right before we started uh, recording, but it sounds like we're going to land, immediately be tested at the airport before we before yep. we ever leave the airport. We go to the hotel, we quarantine. So we're, it, it specifically says, do not leave your room. So it does not say, stay in the building. It says, do not leave your room yeah. for 24 hours. After that 24-hour period, somebody is going to come visit our rooms individually, test us again, and then we have to stay quarantined for another 24 hours. So it's 48 hours total that we're told not to see anybody at all, and that will be uh, two tests done on the ground in Abu Dhabi, plus the one before we left. Yeah, and there's nothing quite like coming off an international flight and then having to sit there in a line as 80 people get their throat tested at 11.30 at night local time. Then you have to get a bus to your actual place. You're going to be so tired by the it's time you get there. It's going to be... And then two, yeah, like you said, you know, two rooms, two nights in a hotel room. Crazy. I mean, certainly certainly not complaining. I mean, it's part of the gig. But, Sound uh, like I am. I know. <laughs> Sound like you're fucking complaining. <laughs> I, can see, I can see the, the anger over there in Cold Coffee's face just being like, bro, it's not that big of a deal. But And it's not that big of a deal. But it'd just be a, a little bit weird. I think we're all going to kind of be figuring out as we go along. So we'll definitely document. I think, uh, you know, we did the, the first week in Florida. We did like a running journal on MMA Junkie of kind of like what the experiences were. I think we'll probably do the same thing here. Um, I don't know if we'll go all the way through the three weeks, but certainly the first week. Because I know everybody's going to be curious, right? What is the place look like what is um you know how are things being handled I, I, i'm curious i want to yeah. know what it looks like i mean we know for instance that the octagon on the beach i think by now everybody's figured out the octagon on the beach is there but it's really just kind of a prop more aesthetic. than aesthetic yeah exactly yeah. it looks looks good uh but the fights themselves um are, are indoors it's not there's no you know concern Can you guys of rain. use the octagon for like a preview show uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Or is it only for fighters well your equipment would melt to the ground first and second and then secondly you would too it's outside. It's That's very just, hot. By the way, yeah. By the way, uh, we'll do it at midnight. He was just doing a yeah. He was just doing a a, a temperature check. Yeah. It's it's one a.m. as we sit down to record this right now in Abu Dhabi. The feels like right now at, at, at one a.m. in the morning in Abu Dhabi was like a hundred and three, I believe. Uh, but he said that during the day it shows that it's so going to get up to a feels like temperature with the humidity of 130 degrees. Yeah, and then and then that was only at 56% humidity, which is low for Abu Dhabi, and then in the evening it's 76%, so. But I mean, midnight I, shoots. I would like to I would like to well, it's no doubt what the time schedule we're going to be on. 
Yeah, right. we probably will be up more. I, I imagine we'll probably be operating more in the nights because all the fight cards, again, something if, you, if you're not aware, all the fight cards are going to happen uh, prime time, United States yeah. time. So we'll be fighting. I think most of the cards were from like 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. or 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. or something like that in the morning. Yeah, I think it's – I think uh, – yeah, I think it's like doors open at 3, so you get there at 2. I don't know. But, yeah, it's going to be – Doors open to who? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good point. <laughs> Tent flaps open. But, uh, yeah, I just think uh, – yeah, like you said, it's going to be a learning on the job sort of experience. For sure. Um, I, I guess important to note too, uh, just to, to you know, we always talk about the journalistic side of things a, a little bit. Um, we are flying on a charter jet that the UFC arranged as part of the bubble, um, but they are not providing our transportation for us. We were actually invoiced by the UFC and we are paying the UFC. Uh, so if there's any concern, that, you know, I know sometimes people, ah, there's conflict of interest here, that sort of thing. I, I know you guys don't have the same corporate structure, but you guys came to the right conclusion. But obviously we're owned by, by USA Today. Um, you know, they had to have big discussions about whether this was even okay. And it, the it, same it, for the hotel as well. We have to pay for the hotel. Yeah, too. exactly. Everything has to be paid for. Um, so that's it's being arranged through them, but then we are paying for it on top of it. So I, I just think that's important to note because I could hear, I could think maybe some people kind of casually tune in, and be like, "Wow, bro, they're putting you on a plane, they're putting you in a hotel." Yes, this is all a private well, listen, uh, thing, but but they were so understanding in Jacksonville. You know, I just, we didn't hear anything <laughs> bad about that. So I kind of what you guys are flying. <laughs> yeah, it's Etihad charter plane, I think. Yeah, and Etihad charter that leaves out of McCarran Airport tomorrow night. Uh, so we go, we go to the commercial terminal. But even then, the instructions are like, "By the way, here's the door." That you're going to use, it's on this side of the airport. It's all been uh, blocked off. There is no. I think they even said there's there's no flights even leaving out of the terminal at that time. So the terminal is going to be like completely empty. You go to this gate. So they're really working to to keep that bubble, man. They, they, it's. I mean, it's it's a lot of construction. Is there going to be staff or is there fighters on that one? I think staff, yeah. I think fighters. And fighters, too. Yeah. I, saw, I saw Gilbert Burns at the, yeah, so the hotel. Everybody, everybody on that one flight? Well, they're, they're, they're staggered. So from what I understand, like it's if you're fighting on the on the final card, for instance, it's not like you're flying over right now. So right. They're, they're sending people over in waves. I wonder if you could ask to get acclimatized. I wonder if you could say, like, look, please let me get on that first flight. I imagine you could, unless, unless it was just you know space limitations or whatever, I, I, which... I would if I was fighting on that fourth card. I think I'd want to go over. It's a long trip, and as you said, man, the the. So you're uh, just gonna get like your little row. Yeah, I think so. That's I think they're, awesome. they're gonna try to socially distance the flight itself as well, so we're all staying away from each other, wear a mask the whole time. But if you haven't been to the Middle East, like until I went to Abu Dhabi in September, I would never have thought about this. But the whole climatized thing, you need. I, I, if I was a fighter, I would not feel comfortable going the week of because it is so hot. It's yeah. so different the humidity and everything. So. I'd probably try and get it a week earlier, maybe. I don't know. I remember what they told us last time. You remember uh, after the first couple fights, fighters started realizing, don't start warming up. Don't bother like warming up early because normally you need to get your muscles loose. You need to get stretched yeah. out. It's just a waste. You're sapping yourself of energy because it's so hot, even though there's there's air conditioning in there. Yeah, and that, that was like after three or four days of pure air conditioning on all the time. You know, it was just um, – it's yeah. it really it, – it begs belief. And I, as for flying Etihad, I think this is only something that travelers like – who extensively travel now. Etihad's the only airline I've ever noticed that has one fold-down thing that you can lean your head against in the seat. Usually, the, you know, it's like, the, it's like the crab pins. I don't think I've ever been on an Etihad flight before. Etihad, like, fold-down, so hmm. you have a whole head lean. There you go. Something to look forward I'm to. I'm looking forward to that now. And you get your own row. That's that's poor man's first uh, class. But poor man's first class. As John wants to know, will they be serving alcohol? That's the key. I actually don't. Do you know, I don't know if Etihad serves alcohol anyway. Oh. I bet they do. Do they, though? Because, listen, Cause those here's, flights have been renowned as, like, 
really, really top They're notch. Not bad. They're so bad. I would imagine if somebody was going over there, they'd want their first. I just don't know if the UFC is going to pay for them to have that shit loaded onto a plane. It's not shit. Well, it's alcohol. Stuff. It's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> because they're going to have to pay for all the food to get stocked on it. I, d- I bet they could probably just but, be like, oh, don't, don't a- load. Cash bar? But, can we do cash bar? But every flight, I need a couple I've, drinks. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to pass out on this flight. Every couple of flights I've had, the, the two flights I've had, they, they didn't give you any service at all. They just gave you a little like school bag and said, "There's an apple in there. Eat that." So I wonder if because it's international. Yeah, like the flights give, to Florida when we went down there. Because you're English or something. No, like American Airlines, as you as you hand on American Airlines was handing you like a, a bottle of water and a and a Biscoff cookie yeah. in a bag. Yeah, they weren't I mean like they they would just hand you the bag with gloves on and then they just one more the reason time. I'm glad I'm not working this event. <laughs> oh, you're working the event. By the way, I, I forgot to put in a last minute vacation request <laughs> for oh, the next four weeks. I think I mean listen, the first the first stretch is going to be the hardest where there's the the multiple events, you know, back to back to back. Yeah, the Wednesday event's going to be a bit of a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and especially, com- like, as, uh, you know, it's two in the morning local time to, like, say, eight in the morning, like, just that whole window of time you'll be awake working. And then you've got to weigh in the next day that's not on that time frame. It's, like, 5 p.m. local time. It's just going to be, you know... It's going to be weird. John and I have honed, and, uh, and Kenny as well, have honed our abilities to, you know, go on what is known as a bender the night before <laughs> to sleep throughout <laughs> the entire day so you can wake up, sort of, but I just think it's, What like, is a bender? Well, in England, it means something else. But <laughs> <laughs> but, um, good point. Good point. Yeah. Never mind. But yeah, no, I, I, it's uh, the period of adjustment is going to be awkward. And I remember last time it was so hot and, and the media was like, luckily, that's not going to be a thing. The media presence was so heavy last time for Khabib that by the end of the week, I just wanted to get oh, out. Oh, yeah. So, so packed for So I'm kind of hoping that I, I, if it's not for a UFC thing, I'm probably just going to stay in an air-conditioned hotel, you know, and... and uh, because I really don't want to burn myself out by week two and be like fuck this and then have another whole. I think we're gonna end up being there like twenty three days or something. So it's gonna be kind of got to kind of got to pace yourself. It's different than a fight. How, do how does the, uh, the do the rooms actually get cold? Yeah, like yeah, the they air do. conditioning it, like, does you actually. Can't, work? You can't fault the hotels; they're very good. It's just like the, the the issue is is and probably perhaps because you're in an air conditioned space for so long, when you walk out, it yeah. hits you like a fucking hammer. Yeah. And, and you also can't wear glasses over there. I remember um, Esther was there, and she was, like, I, she was like, "I literally have to have Casey leave me because my glasses are just fogged up in a second. Wow, it's a very weird place. Yeah, and, and again, we, you know, this is a different venue than what we were fighting in last time. I mean, they, this is a, a purpose. We built. weren't fighting, John. But well, yeah. <laughs> is fighting? We well, certainly be over there? won't be fighting. What's that? Is Casey or Esther going over there for this? Uh, no, I believe they're sending Guillermo Cruz from Brazil. Oh, because okay. I believe he's going over there. Interesting. There's a larger. There's, a, there's quite a few like high-profile Brazil fights, right? Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please wow. continue. Please continue. <laughs> Run wow. <out> of names. <laughs> wow. That's all right. I, I, I wasn't able to follow you. I mean, uh, well, Burns, I mean, he's... Oh, fuck it. Sort God of damn it. <laughs> he's sort of he's sort of Burns and... Yeah. It's a big one. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, it's probably the biggest... The biggest through Benavides? <laughs> Who, Gilbert? That was in That's what I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't... Yeah, yeah he's yeah. seen... Another there you go. Three, three title fights for Brazil. There you go. Yep. Probably reason big. to send a Brazilian guy. There and I know Casey and Esther probably, because it's one per outlet. You yeah. know, It's un- unfortunate for us because we thought Farah Hanoun might be able to come. You know, First of all, yeah. e- either it would be me and you because we normally cover these events, or if it was, hey, let's save on costs or whatever, hey, we could at least bring Farah Hanoun because she lives in Egypt, which is, you know, I think she was pretty excited. So bummer that she can't go because I think she was kind of excited to maybe get some more on-site practice, you know, yeah. get some more reps and covering it's events. as close as any event ever is going yeah. to be. She doesn't get them in her at. backyard, right? Yeah. So, uh, But they said very strictly one. 
one prowess. So I was going to say Casey Nestor with with fighting probably didn't want to. I think up. I think that was part of the reason, and then also if you think from an outlet perspective, if it's a case where you can send one person instead of two, like cost effective wise stuff like that, so maybe that came into it. I don't know, but yeah, it's 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 strange, man. And that's one thing about the whole the whole COVID experience covering events has been weird because realistically, if you get tested and you're negative, you should re- be able to interact with everyone else who's done the same thing completely normally. Yeah. And yet we all have to wear masks over there. We got an email today, you have to wear masks, you have to socially distance when applicable and stuff like that. Yep. And it's just quite odd, you know, it's, well, are we tested negative or not? And I'm not one of these people who are like, oh, I want to live my life. I'm quite happy to follow the rules and stuff. But it is just a, a funny thing that you can only have one person in an outlet because why? You know, if Farrah tested negative, there's no reason why she couldn't be there. But, yeah, so, all but, about space considerations is what we've been there told. You go, there so, you go. so there you go. And, and this one we'll have, other than the which we didn't have in Florida, we'll have some international media. You know, there'll be some people local. There'll be some people traveling from Europe as well. So how do the foreign out? How are they treating foreign outlets to get over there? Hopefully, terribly. So what I mean, like, you guys are all getting together to ride a charter plane. So how, very, good question. Very very similar setup in other cities. What they're doing is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sao Paulo, uh, Moscow, and London. London. So you, you have to everybody, all the fighters that are you know camps. You everybody to, has. To and get my out. understanding is, if you go to those, you have to go there and then quarantine. I think for forty eight hours. So, so yeah, so for for Vegas, we have to isolate for twenty four hours ahead of the flight, and then for Brazil, when's the flight? Tomorrow at nine. We still got time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tricky, tricky little boy. No, uh, and then for for the the international. You're on ones, the clock. Yeah, for the international ones, it's forty eight hours. But I think the idea being right. So there's loads of Brazilians fighting. So there's one from Brazil, loads of London or English people fighting. So that's from London, and then I guess PD Young. <laughs> <laughs> He's just on a plane by himself. Yeah, they yeah. just got like a big, yeah. you know. But I would assume that everyone from Europe is going to Moscow or London, you know. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, the, the, I think the other thing then for, from Europe to Moscow, that's a heavy lift. Europe, Moscow's in Europe. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> on the I don't up, know what Dep- Depends whereabouts in Europe, isn't it? Yeah, from from. Well, Germany could go either way, as they've proven in the past. But, I mean, like, if you were from the east of Germany, you could get, probably go to Moscow. And if you're from west, you'd go to London. Yeah, yeah and I think, the, I think the logic there is just... <laughs> World War II know, joke in the podcast. <laughs> I here we go. I think the logic, never know what you're going to get here. I think the logic there is, is to kind of self... Is to have longer for them to quarantine because they've been in these other countries. They haven't been tested. All the all the Vegas contingencies, like you said, we just talked about it. But I've been tested 10 times. We've been tested 12 times. So that's why they're not requiring us yeah. to do the 48. I know I was talking to, to Vicky... Uh, the other day who works for the USC's PR office, she's in, in the Euro- in the Europe office, and this was uh, I think yesterday, and she said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm already in quarantine. I'm near the airport, but I'm I'm, I'm forced to quarantine right now." Yeah, and to, to be clear as well, you know, the first fight's on July the 11th. You'd never usually get somewhere on the fifth to cover it or the third even to cover it, but obviously they need those they need those uh, quarantine days to have us be ready. It's true. The, the last thing as far as uh, operations and logistics I want to talk about was the weigh-ins and just to give people a heads up if you're one of those gamblers or, or you know, even just a fantasy picker or whatever the case may be. The weigh-ins are going to be, I guess you'd say probably about 36 hours more or less or 30 hours um, before the event. So it's, it's going to kind of a weird setup. Um, but obviously it, it ends up being kind of um, – Pretty much about the same amount of time that they that they get to recover now, but because the fights are going to be really really early on fight day, so for we'll say for the first one Saturday morning, they're going to be like two o'clock in the morning is when the first prelim. Uh, instead of having them weigh in at two a.m. in the morning on Friday, they're doing it at five p.m. Um, on on 
Thursday night. So Friday ends up being kind of a, a, a weird day. So you'll actually get a chance to, to maybe sleep twice. It's kind of just yeah. a little bit different. It's the way it's done in New Zealand. I don't think it has a huge impact because, again, the, the, the amount of hours um, between the weigh-in and the fight really isn't that much more than normal because I wondered, you know, how, would it be an advantage to somebody that normally has a rough cut? Are they going to have more time to recover, that sort of thing? So it's going to be stretched out a little differently, but it's – more or less the same. But I tell you what, one thing I think might have an impact, and, and if they are basically getting people over the week of the fight because they need to keep it as tight as they can, from everyone, I, from most fighters I've spoken to rather, like flying on a plane bloats you. It bloats right. you and, and it basically takes a day to get rid of that bloat before you can even get to your cut. True. So if you're someone like, um, I believe Jose Aldo's flying out today and, you know, he's a 135er now, so that's someone like that or... Anyone who might have traditionally problems with weight, I'm interested to see how not being able to go over a few days in advance could potentially alter that. And then obviously Dana White said, you know, someone falls out, there's no alternatives to this one. There's, there's no one in That's the That's right. There's no last-minute replacements. So we get any tests, the yeah. test positive, we get any misses. It's, I mean, it's just people that are there already, basically. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm feeling optimistic about the COVID tests. Yeah. Because I, 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 re- I realistically, I believe I, I know there's the incubation period, but realistically, I would believe if you're if you're going to get test positive, you'll probably test before you get on the plane. So I'm optimistic about that. Well, I'm not super optimistic about no one falling out of a fight. Do you know what I mean? All right. Well, you're feeling optimistic about that. Let me tell you what I'm feeling pessimistic about: the fact that we can't bring any fantastic Latchkey Brewing Company products with us. The, the, the fine craft brews that we are enjoying this afternoon, thanks to the fine folks of Latchkey Brewing, most especially our man Anthony Beach, the brewer over there at Tenley. If you're in the San Diego area, 1795 Hancock Street, San Diego, California, I think they're not open again right now because of the whole thing, oh, but they're still yeah. selling product. You can't go in and dine and hang out like normally, but you can still pick up to go orders. And the reason that we're, that we're really excited, you know, we used to get these awesome crowlers, these big – Crowlers? Growlers. Growlers. Not a crowler, a growler. We used to get those big, big, big 32 ounce or so he would send to us, and they're great, and they're phenomenal. You can still purchase those as well, but now they've got these fantastic can product here, these smaller cans, these 16 ounce cans, individual size. I mean, for us, the 32 was pretty much an individual size anyway, but, <laughs> but this is more suited for the average uh, frosty beverage connoisseur. Uh, and I love the artwork on it, man. We started out with the... Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. We always like that one. That's uh, we've had that one before, and I love that one, man. That is, of course, the uh, hazy IPA with bright, fresh citrus notes and the earthiness of rye in the background. Hence the all right, all right. See, it's a play on words. There. It's good. It's good. Now, I've, I I have since switched over to the Fogger, Foggy Pilsner. Got a nice little hoppy frog on it right there. It's a crisp, light, and slightly hoppy Foggy Pilsner. Featuring Strata, Noble Citra, and CZ size hops. One of these days we got Anthony on here to explain what all that means because he makes all that stuff. Speaking of Anthony, is is that a picture of him on this? All right, all right. Tell me that does not look like him. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. He might have been the. Uh, he might have been the he source. Been the, the inspiration. The yeah. The inspiration for it. So uh, I don't know if he's as tattooed as this dude is, but that was delicious. That hazy IPA is. I enjoyed delicious. that. Yeah, that's one of my favorites that they make. Dude. This Everything Pilsner they do is, is not good. bad. Yeah, this Fogger's a, a foggy Pilsner, which you could definitely taste it. It's much lighter, but I think everything tastes a little bit lighter after like an IPA that mm-hmm. kind of just touches the back of your taste buds. <laughs> but this is really good. Kind of like a COVID test. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
just touching the back of your taste buds. Just, just backing up, just enough. Uh, by the way, he did say. By the way, uh, Anthony told me that this product is now uh, shipping to uh, to retail. So if you're at a place and you and you want to get this here in these cans, that's right. This can version, these cans that's, are that's like dope. They're, they're nice looking. So if you if you got a place that that you uh, purchase, especially in the Southern California area, I don't I don't imagine they're they're shipping nationwide yet, but. Um, but yeah, t- tell tell your uh, your partner there that, to ask about the Latchkey Brewing because everything they do is good, and he's a solid MMA fan. Yes, he is. I love the artwork, man. I, I'm surprised that they don't credit somebody. It's pretty dope. It is pretty good. All right, listen. I also want to give a quick shout out as well to uh, our man Kevin Wilson, who uh, reached out and said he heard us talking about the mask and about how you should get something with some style to it, and he, and he knows. That he, uh, you're a fellow Buckeye, my friend. So he sent us a, a couple of Ohio State masks. I'll wear mine begrudgingly. You'll wear yours <laughs> happily. Happily. Uh, I think it was more of a gift for you than me. But he's. It turns out he's been a longtime supporter of us, and uh, all the way going back to the Tag Radio days. So uh, very official looking, very nice, and kind of that the extra comfortability size. Some of them are a little too small, a little bit too tight. He got these yeah. ones that are. Uh, a lot more comfortable, so so shout well, out. We did see pictures of us, so we're not yeah, the smallest. Yeah, he, he knows who we are. He, There's a like I was uh, Diego, uh, which I can't remember the outlet that Diego works with. I always want to bust his balls because he's got like the smallest mask ever, and he's got a giant beard. So you just see the Brazilian small, Diego, yeah, Brazilian yeah. Diego. Because yeah, some of these masks that people work in, it's like they just took a small little napkin and strapped some rubber bands on it. You know, you got to have a good, nice quality mask, and 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 these are good quality masks representing. The finest university in all of the land. The Ohio State University. Knew he was going to work that plug in there. Look at that. Had to, had set it up on a T-form right there. Seattle Community College, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a very fine, fine school. What's, what's their Bruce mascot? Lee went there. Really? Mascot yeah. in, uh, in Seattle? It's yeah. like some Antifa person blowing up a corporation, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Maybe not when Bruce Lee went to school. Though. Oh, I mean. hot tea coming <laughs> with the hot opinions as well. This is only beer number two. <laughs> That's crazy, man. When you said you hadn't had any food yet, it might get a little yeah. adventurous. I tried, I tried giving him peanuts, but he didn't want anything to get in the way of the buzz. Yes, they were. You have to, you have to admire the uh, the dedication to the. the it's a craft. You know, to, to imbibing the proper way. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, look, I'm about to go. Anyway, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hard to get. Fill drinking. in the blank. That's like a meme start. Yeah. I'm about to fill in the blank of what hot tea is about to do. I'm about to. For a very, for it was deserts are dry. That's all we'll say. You know, Abu Dhabi is a desert, and it can be very dry. It's very expensive over there. I'm to sure buy you alcohol. can find. I'm sure there's local. Like once you get, but we're not allowed to leave the safety zone. No, that's the but thing. I'm sure there's some locals that are working there that can hook you up a little something. So you're saying we should import contraband products no, 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 into no, the I mean, safety like, zone, mate? Are you having well, I mean, like, say to a local, be like, can you there. sort me out a little something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little murdered. side, eye, a little side wink, a little wink, wink. Wow, sir, you have a very different and opinion of how to handle things. <laughs> I'm going to bring over a little bit of. Uh, you can bring over. I think I think I, I did research. You can bring over 24 beers, which is I mean that's that's one night sorted. There's, you know your, I mean? there's you that first that. day sorted. But you can do you can bring over four liters of alcohol. So I think I'm gonna bring over like maybe a little vodka and a little bourbon. So you actually. I, all right, I, so I, I understand. My question to you. I, I understand uh, some some proper 12 might be making its way to Abu Dhabi. Are you gonna bring a, a legit luggage? Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I'm gonna check luggage in <laughs> ten years. I, yeah, I, I can't. I don't think I've ever seen you check a luggage. I don't check. I, I carry on everything. But yeah, wow. Just we need so many. We clothes. should document that. You should document that. And we should make like a story about it. People the day, really care about the that. The day John Morgan 
check the check bag. Check the bag. It yeah. is it is historic. People don't it's understand historic. the type of landmark that, that's going to be made here. Uh, this is the shit that people listening want to know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of, of luggage, sort of luggage is taking? John Morgan carry? Hard case? Or is he a so- is he a soft bag? Uh, do you know it's the first time I'm checking a bag for a long time. Like I say, it's a hard case, pink little number. Quite excited. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> Send him a picture. You <laughs> never check a bag either. No. He's a professional man. He's got the whole system down. He gets it. Yeah, if you check a bag, listen, travelers. If you can get away without checking your bag, do it. You're saving yourself time because yeah. you don't have to get there early to check your bag in. You don't have to wait for the luggage to go off. And here's the other bonus. It's not just that time. If there's changes made to your flights and you, you need to like take something standby or switch yep. to another plane or whatever, the chances of your luggage making it with you ain't happening. But yep. you can go. So if it's like, I got to sprint through an air, like if you got to sprint from one gate to another to get to the airplane, your luggage ain't making it with you. You know That's what I true. mean? So like you're not going to get to the next day. So yes, travelers, and not to mention just the fact that unless you have status, they charge you like 50 bucks, which is ridiculous. Fortunately, we have status, but still. Some of For the do. flexibility. Yeah, well, <laughs> not anymore. Nobody's flying. But for the flexibility that they offer, if you can get away without checking a bag, you shouldn't check a bag. But me- I'm checking one. Not to mention when you land, yep. you want to fuck off. You don't want to stay there and like look at a carousel for 20 minutes. It's, like, it's the favorite part of the trip for me. Yeah? I love the way that it just shifts and it goes around and you watch you know, the little blades come together. You know what my favorite bit is? When, when your fucking bag doesn't come out and you have to go and talk to them. Oh, it's like, the oh, fucking where worst. is it? It's in Atlanta. Especially when I have like, I usually have two bags that I check. I check my tripod and I check my big bag because that's where I have like the gear and like my clothes and stuff. It's the worst because then sometimes something goes to your over, the oversized ones and sometimes it doesn't. It can get frustrating but I, I would feel like I'm forgetting something if I don't have the big luggage where I know I can put everything in. Yeah. I always overpack. Like how we're talking about traveling when it's just like not a step thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, right? so by the way, let's give you this travel advice during a time that nobody is traveling. <laughs> listen whatsoever. to this in six months and get your tips. <laughs> uh, well, listen. If you like what you're hearing because of the travel tips, especially, and I mean, cold coffee, obviously hot on the editorial content, knowing what people want to hear, and that's about yep. me checking a bag. Make sure you do us a favor. Make sure that uh, wherever you get your your podcast, that uh, that you log in there, you take a second to rate us, review us. I use Apple Podcasts, uh, and you can be like. Our man Dustin Love, who was kind enough to Venmo us some money last week to handle our frosty beverages, and then was kind enough to jump on uh, Apple Podcasts and say, "Hey, thanks for the shout out on the MMA Roadshow. Perfect with the new fridge, though. Hope you enjoyed. Cheers. <laughs> Great show as always. Verdun Mass next. I'll save you the worry. <laughs> uh, so listen, we appreciate Dustin Love who uh, supported us in our, our our beverage exploits last week, and now is giving us some love. And by the way, uh, over on uh, Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. That's how you take it up to the next level. Uh, there you can, uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can have access to our and a half episodes. So lots of bonus episodes. I'm sure our man Hot T over there, Oscar, will be with me on plenty of those. They won't even be like late at night when you're falling asleep. It'll be like in the middle of the morning, the afternoon when the sun's up because we'll be Jeez. up from the middle of the night. So, yeah, so it, may, it won't be such a – Like uh, a night out in Vegas. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so we'll have plenty of those. Plus, we're always sharing stuff. I know uh, if you're very curious of what our, our work setup's like, Cold Coffee started it by uh, sharing a little look at his workstation. I got my new and improved office as well. Uh, your Post office was well. looking nice. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I put some work in it during the pandemic. I tried, it's funny because I tried looking. I was like, where the hell – how does he get behind it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the way that the image was looking. You couldn't tell that you had walked around the other yeah, side. Yeah, a little I was gap looking, on I was one like, side of it there. 
I was like, I don't see how just he works. Slide over the top of it, just jump over the top. <laughs> it's all just for looks. It's, it's like, like going to a museum. Like somebody could work in there. Yeah, yeah but then, I mean, obviously nobody can gain access to. It. Yeah, I just I Duke's a hazard. It right over the hood of it, man. <laughs> right over the top. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but yeah, join us on Patreon.com/slash/DamianRoach to enjoy uh, chatting with everybody over there. By the way, uh, South Cox. You know, I'm a big fan of. South Cox. Yeah, uh, you love your Cox. <laughs> he actually logged in and said, hey, huge miss on the podcast this week, John. You should have given out your Venmo address. Uh, so if anybody wants to be just like Dustin Love or apparently Mr. South Cox as well, I am on Venmo now. John-Morgan-400. Now, you see, why did I come up with John-Morgan-400? I didn't. I just didn't know how to sign up properly. I would have come up with a, something cooler, you know, some MMA in there, so, so something like that, MMA Junkie John. Uh, but I'm like the so – Now you got to work on a story. Now I'm just John – yeah, there's got to be some 400. That's the number of USC events I've been to or something like that. I, I was know. a little upset with the Patreon. I tried putting a comment picture the other day, and it wouldn't let me, uh, like, do it through the phone. I tried – I found a toolbox that's a cooler. It's literally badass, but it looks like a toolbox, and I was trying to post to your thing and say, oh, well, just tell D, oh, i got to move the oh. toolbox into the office, and it literally opens up, and it's a small little cooler. Yeah, because you've got Total a cooler badass. in here now, which is awesome, but I, yeah. my wife, I think if I tried to put a cooler in my office, A, she'd realize she'd probably never see me again. She would never see you. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the complete reason, because... If I just thought that, I know she's that, thinking exactly. She's like, dude, he's not even going to come downstairs to get a beer anymore. The only time <laughs> he would come down is for dinner. Or that's something. it. She's like, John, dinner? Yeah. Come see your family? Yeah, she would be okay with that. So uh, Yo, I, I, don't what? Think, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have a cooler. Yeah, exactly. What? I'm going to take my headphones out first. All right, listen, uh, not any fights to talk about. Again, we're going to have a ton of content from Fight Island. Uh, and uh, of course, we know it's Abu. Dhabi. I'll be honest. I'm not. I've seen a lot of people like so disappointed. Uh, it's oh, it's just Abu Dhabi. It's still an island. There is still a beach. I don't. I don't understand why everybody got so mad. Well, I was disappointed it was Abu Dhabi. Well, we know just because of the weather and the travel. It would be. I mean, look, <laughs> they were upset that no indigenous people were murdered for the yeah. uh, UFC Jeez. event. <laughs> they're like, what do they expect at this time and age? Like, they literally thought like they're gonna find some well, random that's like that's what I understand. Deserted like, listen, island. Or I'm something. not excited about the in Mexico. You know, islands are common. That's hardcore down there. I wouldn't feel safe at all going to a Mexican island <laughs> unless it's Cabo. There you go. I'll take Cabo. That would be pretty dope. Then I would have been pissed that I'm not going. <laughs> that, I mean, listen. I, in, of course, I I, I would have preferred much to spend you know the next three weeks on some tropical isle that's only say like a two hour flight from here. You know, I mean, that would be I'd nice. Say maybe eighty or ninety degrees. Yeah. Nice tropical breeze. A lovely breeze. But I feel oh. like people got dolphin mad. flying out the I, water. I feel like flying. people really got mad at the UFC or something that were just like. Uh, uh, this this is false advertising. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, okay. So obviously, well, the way that he sold it too. He's like, oh, oh, we're gonna buy an island. We're gonna buy an island, and we're gonna blah blah blah. Well, maybe did he? I'm pretty sure he, he never said, said buy an island. He didn't say buy. No, well, I no. get, look, I guess I guess I understand. I understand sort of both sides. But first of all, I understand disappointment because like like you just said that the marketing was very much a try. I mean, even now, the fight island poster with an octagon on the beach. Like, oh, fuck out. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I, I can understand. I can understand why people are slightly disappointed. But also, it makes no difference to your viewing experience. That's they're they're going to be in an arena. You're not going to notice yeah. it at all. I think maybe the people who are disappointed were perhaps getting carried away with the whole sort of concept of it. And Dana even said to us at a, a post-fight press conference, you know, I think people should probably. I, I, maybe that's it because he warned us, like, hey, temper your expectations. Well, but he, temp- he told us that 
very close to the announcement. He let the imaginations run wild for quite some time, and I think yeah, that was, I think that was intentional. He yeah. knew that his the the imagination could run wilder than the. Uh, I mean, you know, the realistic thing is like. What's Fire Island like? We were there in September, you know. We've been to Fire Island. So <laughs> I, I, can t- I can tell you what it's like. So um, I think I think I can understand that. And then I think because the UFC and the Abu Dhabi have that previous relationship, it feels like it's not as new as perhaps people were thinking about. Right. But again, as much as I joke about how I half joke about how I, I'm annoyed it's in Abu Dhabi, like uh, realistically, we're still one of the only sports going. The ability to make something like this happen with international fights is what's important, not really the location. I completely agree. I think that's what I mean. I'm I'm fired up. We got a lot of good fights, man. And yeah. and uh, again, that that you know that week of, of three and eight days is going to be a stretch. But man, it's going to be a lot, a lot of a lot of big fights. And we'll, we'll talk about them all once we get out there. Again, uh, Oscar Willis will, will will sit in plenty, I'm sure, yeah, since we won't have a lot of things to go do. Get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I thought it'd be fun to kind of get together. This kind kind of like. Kind of like cold coffee passing the baton today. Just hand over the podcast to us. Temporarily. Let me hand the beer over. <laughs> Not this one. This one's mine. All right. Well, listen, so we'll, we'll preview all those fights uh, out there. Now Are you guys going to get to go to the water park? I'm looking at this. I story. don't know that it's, the water park's open. In September, I remember Casey and S from MMA Fighting. They showed up on fight day and said, oh, we went to the water park this morning. I went, right. well, that seems silly. If you guys can't go, if you but guys they, can go to the water park, somebody's got to ride but, one of those but rides. But they, they said they were, they they got out the Uber, which I don't even know if we have Ubers. They got out the Uber, they were there, and they were there for like three minutes, and they went, it's too hot, we have, we have to go back. Like, even at the water park? Yeah, it's cool. Wow. It's, 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 uh, it's an intense heat, dude. It's an intense heat. It's I'm very, trying to see if we're, no, uh, no. I'm officially going to say no. It looks like this is the water park, and it's outside of the safety zone. Oh, oh Ferrari World's is. outside of that safety zone, too, I think. I was going to see if – because they've got, like, roller coasters and stuff. This is where you guys are at? Yeah. Here? I think the dark green is the safety zone. To the listeners, zone. we're looking at a map of Yas Island. We're looking at specifically the safe zone. That's well done, non-host of the show, to explain what's <laughs> happening on the show. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my rescue for being incredibly unprofessional there. There you go. But uh, I can also say in the safe zone there is uh, – yeah, nothing. So, I, <laughs> so I, as most people will probably do like me, I just pulled up a picture of the Yaz Island. So I see like the Warner Brothers off to the right. I see the water park. Whereabouts is where you guys are going to be if somebody pulls So we're pulls past up. that a little bit. So Ferrari, Ferrari World is this big red spider thing that you can see. That's the big feature of Yaz Island. That's not where we are. We are over to the west of it. And basically, so the safe zone. Southwest of it. Yeah, the safe zone includes the, the hotels. So, do they construct the safe zone? Do they const- the, so, they're using existing hotels and stuff, but. Correct. The, okay. Yeah, correct. It's just we all have to stay within this environment. The golf course is part of the safe zone. So, I don't know, maybe get out and play around the golf over there. As is a racetrack. You should. Yeah. I don't know, man. Playing golf over. I'm very Caucasian. I will burn. Yeah, you'll so burn. So bad. Get like a hat or something. That'll do it. Yeah, you're right. Or like a palm <laughs> palm leaf thing or something. Well, it would be appropriate if I... A palm leaf. Just walk around with a palm <laughs> leaf. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would. If you're drunk enough, no one's going to care. If you're drunk enough walking around outside with a palm leaf on your head in Abu Dhabi, you're they fucking will, they <laughs> will care. <laughs> you're getting arrested. They fucking will care, let me tell you. Uh, all right, so listen, we'll be able to have time to talk about those fights. Like I said, we'll, we'll update you all the stretch on, on how things are going. I'll probably start posting some stuff on social media, I imagine, once we get on the plane tomorrow and yeah, yeah. post a couple of things, what things look like. Um, but I want to talk real quickly about MMA Junkies uh, 2020 
Mid-Year Awards. Um, and when I say MMA Junkies, I will give all the credit to Mike Bond because I'm not even sure if he asked any of us if, if we were okay with these picks. But uh, but <laughs> he pulled these out, and, and that's why I want to talk about them and see if we're in line with it. So uh, we're talking about the best uh, moments or athletes or everybody involved in the first six months, which really it's funny because normally it would be an incredibly daunting task to sit down and think about six months worth of fights. But when you consider how many fights we lost – uh, between Bellator, the regional stage, even UFC fights, it, I, f- I feel like I, I can remember this year's fights more than more than most of them. So we'll start out with the best male fighter, best male fighter for the first six months of 2020, and he starts out with an honorable mention of Justin Gaethje, but the winner being Gilbert Burns. So does he take best male fighter as sort of like breakout fighter or the one that made the biggest splash? Like what is the qualification for like best ma- – when I see Gilbert Burns and then I see Justin, I see – I think in my head like Gilbert made a huge splash and, and it kind of uh, reminds me a little bit about even the MMA awards had like the, the best MMA fighter or whatever and, and both of these guys I think were in that running. I mean Gilbert made a huge splash, but when you just use the generic sort of term best male fighter without sort of clarifying it. Well, let's say it's fighter. I mean, let's say it's basically it's time to roll out your fighter for whatever reason. The calendar year ended right now. They they changed the calendar. Let's be honest, most of us would be okay with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah by the way, this is January first, twenty twenty one. Stick out the Christmas so tree, boys. It. We're done. <laughs> All right, so consider it's finally, you know, we basically just cut this year in half. Basically, as a reaction to COVID-19, the government decided to redo the entire calendar so we could be done with 2020, and this is your fire of the year. Also not out of the realms of possibility. <laughs> also not out of the realms of possibility. So basically what you're looking at, you get Justin Gaethje's win over Tony Ferguson, or you get Gilbert Burns's kind of stretch, I guess you would say, of getting him to this. Now, of course, we ha- we don't get to see – what happens before we make this war? I mean, obviously, if he beats Kamaru Usman, I think Gilbert Burns is head and shoulders above Justin Gaethje at that point because now he's an undisputed UFC champion. But what you're factoring in with Gilbert Burns is the March win over Damian Maya and the May win over Tyron Woodley, both of which, by the way, performance of the night awards. So, Cole Coffee, with that in mind, do you like the pick of Gilbert Burns? Do you think Justin Gaethje gets it, or does another name come to mind? Uh, I, I don't mind the Burns. Honestly, I mean, I I love Gagey. I just <laughs> what? I, that... don't, I don't mind the burns. Yeah, that's, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did I say something? Like, no, 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 oh, it whatever. wasn't anything silly. No, I don't mind. I don't mind Gilbert Burns. Uh, I I like the I uh you know when I think of the guys that have made huge splashes this year, it's hard to it's hard to put anybody above what he's been able to do. You know, one of the other names I was just thinking about, I was like, man, Josh Emmett's another guy that, you know, has made a huge name for himself this year, but that the other the, his previous fight was 2019, so he's really only got the Burgos fight, or Burgos, or whatever Dana was calling him. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so, I, I'm not opposed to that, and, uh, you know, Gagey, as much as he's really made some moves, uh, I would think that Burns has, has made a bigger splash this year. I think than Justin Gagey. I'm gonna if, re- if I'm just looking at those two. I'm gonna respectfully disagree because of the context of those fights. So I think, w- without insulting them, I think a win over Damian Meyer is not as impressive as it once was. And to be honest, and perhaps a bit more controversially, I don't know that a win over Tyron Woodley is as impressive as it once was. Shut your mouth. I mean, his performance against Gilbert was not dissimilar to his one against Usman, and I wonder where he's at in his career. I think a win over someone like Tony Ferguson is impressive. Whenever you do it, when you do that, if that guy's yeah. seventy, that's impressive, and and not just the 
So, you know, Gilbert, he finished aiming. That was very impressive. Against Woodley, he showed a really dominant performance. But for Gaethje, it wasn't just his uh, win over Ferguson that I found impressive. It was that he he continued on this journey of refining his own game, you know, of becoming less sloppy, becoming more dialed in. And even halfway through that fight, we saw his coach saying, you know, you're starting to get sloppy again. And he, he, he pulled it back. And that's very hard for a fighter to do. So for me, Gaethje... Uh, was the most impressive. I gotta say, yeah, it, it, to me it is almost like splitting hairs, right? And, and, yeah, and, and you're arguing at two different things. Because Gilbert, at the beginning of this year, I mean, yes, he was coming on a little bit, but he certainly wasn't in the position he has. So for somebody that's made the most of their opportunity, come from nowhere. Now, again, if we were doing this two weeks from now and he's beaten Kamaru Usman and he's a UFC welterweight champion, obviously there's no argument whatsoever. But I kind of lean towards what you're saying, Oscar, that you know, those wins are, are good. But, you know, let's say let's say Gilbert Burns had picked up wins over Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, then. top two. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a title fight yet, but you're right. I mean, you're beating the best of the best. And I'm not trying to take a, a shot at, at Woodley or Maya, but you're right. I don't think it necessarily means what it once did. So, on the one hand, I'm, I'm supportive of the idea of Gilbert Burns because this is a guy that has come from – I mean, we knew who he was, but relative obscurity to most people. To now, he's in this huge main event, big, big yeah. fight. He's capitalized on him, and he's been able to fight twice, which not many people. I mean, yeah. we're starting to see twice now, but he just timed it just right. Like, he was right before the pandemic and right after, or at least well, not after the pandemic, but after yeah. the, the, the cancellation. So I do. But I, I think, honestly, I think the right call here might have should probably should have been Justin Gaethje because of yeah. the quality of the win. Well, I think that's that's the qualifying factor is, you know, when you're putting in like, all right, who's the best fighter that beat the best people this year? Then, yeah, you want to say like this. But Justin's been at the top of the game. He's been at the top of people's forethought as for who is one of the greatest fighters. So he's always – he's been where he's at. That's true. And my thing with Burns is the fact that he nobody even thought forward. about Burns mm -hmm. before this year. That's true. So while he didn't get – of course, the qual the same quality victories. Nobody was thinking about Gilbert Burns outside of people that just knew that he was a badass. Well, look, I mean, he just took a title shot from Jorge Masvidal. Right, and you can say what you want about extra curricular right. negotiations. He got it. Right. So I think it's just the, it's just however you want to to put it. You know. So where in my mind, I was thinking, all right, who made the most? Who's the, who's? I I keep going with the breakout fighter of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing, but. For a guy that maybe has proven to, to be literally the best fighter of the year, then yeah, I would put I would definitely I mean, put, agree question. with you and say Gagey is is a better fighter than what Burns has done. But you know, Burns wasn't even an issue before this year. Nobody nobody would dare to put him in like what an amazing the top. year would be yeah. if you were He's able to beat him and then maybe even, maybe even sneak in a title defense well, at the end I, of the year. I was, I was about right. to say, mate, I mean, in about twelve days, this question could be redundant. You know, yeah. if he beats Usman, fighter of the year, let alone six months, yeah. you know. Breakout fighter of the year, fighter of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be amazing. You know what's I'll tell you what's interesting too about the game. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like oh, I like Usman a lot, but like Burns is literally probably one of the nicest dudes you will ever meet. And he's he's just he's he's so excited and he's still happy about doing interviews. He's happy about talking about stuff. So it's it's very refreshing as us as uh, media people to have to go and do what we need to do job wise, but to find somebody that's excited to be interviewed. It's kind of cool, it is good. <laughs> especially kinda, when they get to that level as well. At that level, yeah, he could literally be doing what he's doing and 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 be like, "No, guys, I I ain't feeling this," and that's kind of par for the and course. Dude, I'll but. tell you what, man. We'll get into the preview, I guess, later once we get to Fight Island. But 
Dude, he's dangerous, man. Anybody that's right so now, like, I'm not. And I'm not taking away from. Car- Look, I have all the respect in the world for Kamaru Usman. Actually, yeah. you know, we called a couple of fights together for Titan FC, so I got to know him a little bit personally as well. But just from his professional game, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal fighter, and I favor Usman in this fight. But man, if anybody's writing off Burns, as you said, kind of stole the title shot away from Mazubal. Yep. But if anybody's thinking, ah, oh, this guy doesn't deserve a shot, bro, with the with the submission game that he has and what he's going to be able to offer, even if he's on his back. Plus the power that he packs into his hands. Plus the fact they've trained together for years. So true. His submission is sick. I mean, like uh, I thought it was awesome when we saw the quintet. You know, when it got to the team thing, he was the anchor. Yeah, man. He was. You, you know, you put your 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 ring your ringer at the end. Right. The fact that they decided, like, when it comes to submission, who are we going to put to That's carry the carry the team? They put him there, and the fact that now he's striking at a whole nother level, he's scary as all get out he's now. Scary. He's fighting on another level. I'll tell you the other thing, too, that, that I find really interesting about Gaethje as well is I feel like um, the the story of, of Habib Nurmagomedov before Gaethje's win over Tony Ferguson was like, this dude's pretty much unbeatable, man. Like, nobody's going to stop him. And Gaethje looks so damn good against Tony Ferguson. I think people are like, that guy's going to beat Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that's, a, I mean, a consistent thread through MMA history, right? Yeah, we, I'm f- be it the way it's just humanity works, like, very recency bias, you know? <laughs> as soon as you see something impressive, you're like, oh, my God. It's true. Recency bias is a big thing, right? Like, it's 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 undeniable in this sport. But, I mean, f- for fair reason, like, Justin Gaethje versus Khabib, obviously that's going to be a mammoth fight, you know, at the end of the year. and could be interesting but as for Gilbert Burns I think anyone denying his skill I don't I don't think anyone's denying his skill I think anyone who's sort of like mildly unimpressed with Gilbert is perhaps just thinking of Masvidal being out there and that was the bigger money fight and bigger exciting star fight right. you know and I understand that I would I really would if we were flying over to Fight Island to watch Masvidal versus Usman I can't deny I'd be buzzing right now I'd be so excited so it's just a different level of, of sorry, star power yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's just the way it is. Like that's just the way the sport is. Whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah. all right, let's go. Let's shift over to the ladies. Uh, best female fighter of the half year so far. We'll start with the honorable mention, and he goes with Valentina Shevchenko. The winner being Zhang Weili. Um, certainly, I mean, nobody in the women's division has fought, uh, you know, multiple times with multiple big wins to get the kind of look that Gilbert Burns did in the men's division. So I think you're looking. Pretty much it's just the champions or who's performing at the highest level. Really the only, you know, so what you're looking at is Valentina Shevchenko picking up uh, a third-round TK over win over Caitlin Chikagian. Zhang Wiley picking up uh, the, the hard-fought split decision over Yanni and Jacek at UFC 248. Of course, anytime you're talking about women's fighter of the year, you're going to talk about Amanda Nunes, the champ champ as well. She had a dominant victory over Felicia Spencer. I think it would really be just among those three that you'd be talking about right now because nobody yeah. has kind of emerged from the shadows, so to speak. Um, but what do you think? Do you, do you like the pick of, of Zhang Wiley as the women's fighter of the half year? Or um, does does Valentina Shevchenko and her history deserve it? Or, as we said, does Amanda Nunes uh, and her history, does it does it deserve it? Cole Coffee, what do you think? I mean, if you would had taken an added December in there and the, the, the win with Jermaine demand me as there as well, so she has two title defenses and two different weight classes – it's a non. It's a, just a non-discussion in my right. eyes. But unfortunately, we have to stick it to just that one fight of the year. I thought uh, the fight was good with Felicia, so then I would probably start leaning into other ones. I don't mind um, the Wiley decision just because I'm just so high on her story right now. I think um, what she's been able to sort of do and bring um, light to fighters from other areas in the world. Um, I don't mind it. 
I don't mind it at all. But Nunez, I mean, it's hard to not pick Nunez for anything that she's involved. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if, if like just you said, she's had that December uh, fight been in January, it's not even, even a decision. Even if you're not, not a discussion. Even if you're not thrilled, the fact that she didn't get the finishes, just the fact yeah. that you're defending, not only that you're defending twice, you've got two versus the one for the others. But you're talking about defending both belts, and you know that that and I think that would push it over. Done as well. Yeah, I, mean, so. I think that would push it over the line. But you're right. So it's not. So I'm a, even though it sounds weird to not include Amanda Nunes in any kind of as you said in any women's discussion, she should be there. You know, yeah. greatest of all time, greatest is the win over Felicia Spencer. And I think she even said she kind of took it like she wanted to go five rounds, and she kind of paced herself. And um, I, I don't know. I, I get it. I understand it. But at the same time. I think we want those we want those big finishes from her, right? We want the vicious finishes. So then, so then to me, so I am okay with it boiling down to Shevchenko and 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 Wiley. Shevchenko, of course, got the finish, dominated Caitlin Chukagan, who was a rightful number one contender. It's not like she didn't deserve to be in there. She had earned her way to the spot, dominated it, got the finish, incredibly one sided. Uh, meanwhile, Zhang was able to uh, battle her way to, I mean. Tipping my tipping my hand for later, but a fight of the year for me, uh, you know, with that victory. So, what we think, Oscar, is is Valentina's dominant win over, you know, maybe kind of an unheralded contender, but a legitimate contender. I mean, Shevchenko proved that she's on another level. Meanwhile, uh, Wiley didn't prove she's on another level, but she beat a battle-tested former champion. In, a, in an instant classic. Yeah, yeah, for me, this is this actually isn't a hard one. Uh, I think, uh, well, Chikagian deserves to be in that spot. There's no comparison to Valentina's win over her than there is to... Uh, to be honest, you could be even in a lower... Like, on the lower ranks of the fighter roster. But if you went through five rounds like that, I think you should still get in a shout of fighter of the year. You know, yeah. that, that is... What we saw is physical exertion to a human limit. You know, those two... I mean, look at Joanna's face. Like the pair, oh. and, and the crazy thing is, you can see the damage in Joanna, and you still can't really say she didn't win the fight. You know, that was such a, a split. It was so even. Um, and I think if you look at before that, going into that fight, okay, so she beat Jessica Andrade. I really think that was the first massive test of Zhang Wiley's yeah. uh, career. She got she got a little bit fast tracked because she had the impressive record. And there was an event in China, you know. There's I mean? the so market, you know. Look, there's a marketing background. It Everyone made knows, sense, man. But she, but she got tested and she passed it. Yeah, and she got te- and she got tested, you know. So for me, Valentina cruising her way through a contender that was sort of, um, I, I don't want to disrespect you, but someone who basically just got it because they were there, you know, they were the logical next step. Right. That's very different to what Wiley pulled off in that fight. So for me, it's a, a bit of an easy call. There is an argument, like you had said about Valentina being levels above, and had Chukagian been fighting up to that fight like she did in her last performance, where she really showed against Shevchenko's sister, like she could be dominant, she could be aggressive, and then yeah. afterwards she said, oh, the reason I didn't fight like that was because I didn't want to lose and lose my title shot. If she'd been fighting like that up to that fight and Valentina would beat that, Chukagian? Yep. Okay. But That's a good point. To be honest, up to the title fight, I thought Chukagian had been very sort of docile, and, and I, I would struggle to find someone who thought she was going to beat Valentina. No disrespect, but you're right. I think everybody thought that she was just on a different level. Yeah, and, and so it's, for me, I think it's uh, it's an easy call. I think so. I think I think that's the right call as well. To be honest, I'll even go one further. I'd put Joanna above Valentina or Amanda in this if call. If you were looking for like the silver medalist. If I was looking for silver medalist, Joanna would beat Valentina or Amanda this year. You know me. what, man? That's an interesting point. I hadn't even thought about that, but 
You're right. I mean, she basically ended up on the other side of the razor of that, you know, razor thin split decision. She was the other one. That's I mean, not a bad point. We don't give out silver medals, but I, I would probably say the same thing. Why not? <laughs> All right, silver medal it is. Fight, fight of the year. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I, I already tipped my hand on this one, but fight of the year, uh, MMA junkies Mike Bond went with uh, an honorable mention of the one we just saw, Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Obviously a fantastic lightweight fight with the winner being Zhang Wiley versus Yuan and Jacek at UFC 248. Uh, since I have tipped my hand, I'll just throw my opinion out first. I, I do believe this is the right call. Um, now, there's been some other ones as well. You know, I heard that you know, Emmett and Burgos was obviously a fantastic fight. Um, you know, I've heard some people shouting out Gaethje and Ferguson as well. But Romero Adesanya. Rome, yeah, Romero <laughs> Adesanya has to be at the top of your list. Jesus. It, it's funny. I always harken back to this, this. The way our whole world has changed in the past three months. Three months. Can you believe that? Seriously. Three months. And I always, I always laugh. I'm like, I remember a simpler time when our biggest complaint was that Adesanya Romero sucked. The, the, <laughs> I, 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 I interviewed Adesanya the night before his fight, and he coughed and went, don't worry, it's not Corona. And we went, ah, and laughed. It's like, fuck, <laughs> now, how different you does that never, feel like that? Jeez, that's crazy. All right, so, um, you know, the, look, there have been some great fights, and you know, listen, there's discussion we had. I know UFC President Dana White doesn't want to have the discussions, but I think there are some discussions we had about how has that small cage been helping things a little bit. You know, I, I do think that's been forcing some more action in these fights. I do, you know, I do wonder, too, about um, about our maybe part of the field, maybe the reason I'm so tied to to that fight with, with, with Zhang and, and Ioana is – the fact that we did have a crowd in there. And so we did have that, that, that like, oh, my God, you could feel the buzz and people are looking around like, oh, wow. You know, whereas, you know, big fights in the, in the, uh, in, in the, in the pandemic area, it's just me and you looking at each other going like, impressive. Huh? You know <laughs> what I mean? Versus like other people going crazy. So I do wonder if maybe that is, is impacting my opinion on this. But the reason ultimately I lean towards it, number one, uh, I mean, it was just a phenomenal fight. To me, I've said it's one of the best fights of all time. If you call it uh, the best women's title fight of all time, I think you're limiting too much. It deserves a month of great fight. That point. Absolutely. Championship implications. A reigning champion, a former champion, a dominant former champion. So not just you know somebody that was one and done as a title holder. I mean, a legit champ. Uh, their styles obviously just matched up for an incredible fight. There's a bit of beef heading into it. A little bit of that going in with some of the, 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 the jabs that were thrown out there. Uh five-round pace. No no disrespect to Poirier and Hooker because I feel like you're almost just giving them a disservice if you say, well, it's slowed down in round five. <laughs> We're like, holy shit, you can't do what you did in rounds. Yeah, yeah. So I feel bad almost saying it tailed off. But to me, the fact that, that the, the women's fight went all 25 minutes, it was a title fight, not just a main event. Uh, their positions in the sport, um, you know, in that division, I mean, those are, those are two of the greatest ever in that division. Um, and again, I will say maybe the fact that it happened in front of a crowd, so that 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 heightened my uh, the atmosphere for it. Maybe that did it too. I don't know. I feel like I don't really notice the crowd that much when I'm watching a fight, but maybe it did. Um, uh, Oscar, what do you think? Uh, for me, actually, it's it's a funny one because when I've had a few drinks on a Friday night, I'll go back and watch some fights, and I every Friday night <laughs> <laughs> and Saturday and Sunday. But um, I, I rewatched Hooker and. And I also rewatched Zhang and, and Joanna. And I have to say, the crowd thing didn't come into it for me because, on a personal level, by the end of the fight with with Zhang and, and Joanna, I was still. It was almost like my mind couldn't comprehend that they were both still going at the pace they were going, especially with Joanna's the visible oh, injuries yeah. and stuff like that. And, and like you said, to say that oh they slowed down in the fifth is to act as if they're not human. Of course they did. <laughs> 
But I do think that makes a difference. And I also think, I've always maintained this, the reason why fights are important and why some fights are important and some are not are stakes, right? Right. There's a reason why we tune into a championship fight over two guys who are lower level is because of the stakes. And I think when a title's involved and you have a fight that amazing for a title, it's hard to deny it. I, I Personally, like we're talking about, oh, it's the best women's fight. I, I actually believe that Zhang Yuan could have an argument to be better than Jones Gusterson, you know? It really was yep. because it just was... Yep, it y- was. Th- was it? I think so. Is that a fact? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Cold coffee has made it fact. Well, but, but to your point, I mean... But like it, it, to me, that's just, you know, I, as recency bias aside, and I do think that Hooker... Poirier had the, uh, you know, Poirier was visibly rocked. There was more visible, like, you know, you can hear the punches. They're heavier. But I think at, on a technical level and j- just f- fucking savagery, I hard think to deny. When you're when you're in the fifth round of that fight, in the fifth round of, of, of Hooker, Poirier, uh, you know at that point Hooker's just trying to hang on, right? right? Like, you know who's winning the fight. In that one, they're still going at it back and forth to the very, you know, a minute 30 out, a minute out. You know what I mean? It's it's to the, to the end. So I, I think... Yeah, the uh, fact that it was still that competitive, and as you said, with the stakes, and also you know that what if you're gonna if you could direct a fight, right? If you could direct a fight to make it the most exciting, what would you do? Well, I'd have this round for this guy, this round for that guy, back and forth. Like Adesanya Gaslam is probably, in right. my opinion, one of the oh, best ever for back and forth. Amazing fight. Joanna versus Wiley went back and forth in rounds. Yes. It didn't go one round for her, one round for her. It was like the first three minutes were hers, and then it went back, and it, it really was just as I've never seen a fight at that level being so equal yeah i don't think i've ever seen one that's just like you flip a coin and you know, one you know, of the best I, fights ever i, I said uh, regardless uh, of gender that one one of the best fights easily I've, I've heard people chime in you know emmett burgos which was a fantastic fight three rounds versus five stakes as you mentioned but also was it because it wasn't like burgos was getting him it was mostly by the end i felt like josh was piling it I on i thought so too I thought so too. It was crazy. You know, it's funny because uh, I actually got to watch that one from inside the apex instead of the the media tent, um, and so we don't have the benefit of being able to, to. I can hear a little bit of the commentary. Basically, I can just hear Bisping and Cormier, depending on who's there. You can't hear John Eddick. He tries to keep his voice down a little bit, but it was weird without commentary to uh, to to see the the ginger steps that he was taking, man. To see like how early on Josh Emmett was hurt. I'm like, this dude can't move right now, yeah, man. Yeah, even on TV. I, when he when he reached down to like touch his leg, which is you know obviously a terrible tell, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's the fight over. And then he seemed to just get over it. I guess oh, it was just a twinge. And then Zay- it was yeah. weird. his yeah. whole knee shredded. So crazy because I couldn't hear the corner exchanges. I couldn't hear the commentary or like anything they were getting from the truck. But I just remember watching that, going, dude, is his is his leg gone right now? Yeah. Like what? Amazing, amazing. But uh, and and uh, I guess for people, uh, some people saying Gaethje Ferguson. Uh, I don't know, man. I thought that was a great fight, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I think for it didn't fight, have the ups and downs. That's feels it. You need like the ebbs and flows, right? That's why I always say when you when you're talking about all time greats, and you know you mentioned Jones Gustafson. I mean, you're talking about those ebbs and flows yeah. and the back and forth. Like even even uh, Poirier Hooker was like one big momentum shift. I, I right? think you could argue that maybe it's one of the greatest performances in Gaethje. I mean, mm-hmm. he got dropped in second, and he was just so good. I mean, uh, by the end of it, it was a beating. Yeah, but you couldn't argue it was one of the greatest fights. That, fu- that, that fight it was I a remember. fun watch for sure. I remember, uh, right. I remember, I remember. I think it was before round five, right? Where like Whitman is just like, you know, <laughs> like how are you feeling? He's like, this is fun. Yeah, like, like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, he because he got dropped to the end of the second, yeah. right? He got dropped to the end of the second, and then Tony was like, get up, Justin. Oh. And I think possibly 
Sorry, we're getting carried away here, but there's possibly you know first fight back. It felt like the first, uh, you know, I, that, absolutely it had to factor in. I, I yeah. remember that night when Sam Alley was the first fighter to walk in. I got a little emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah. I do, remember, I do remember too. Did, didn't didn't Whitman say like this is the final round? He was like, really? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, by that point, uh, like we said, it's not that wasn't. It was it was a beating at that point, you know. And, and Tony, Tony, I think actually Tony's superhumanness made it more uncomfortable to watch as opposed to more enjoyable to watch you know when he's like sh- when someone sh- gets hit and they shake their head like a dog or something it's like oh god you know yeah man get him out of Boy, there that's so true dude that was a weird reaction you were like yeah. oh this is not yeah, good that's not great mm-hmm. so alright submission submission <laughs> of the half year so far honorable mention goes to Diego Fajeda over Anthony Pettis at USC 246 the win goes to Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen oh, yeah. at USC 250 um, I I weighed in first on this one uh, or on the last one, so um, I I'll, I'll let you start, Oscar. What do you think? I mean, uh, you know, it's I don't think anything is stuck out. I mean, there was uh, you know, there was the twister. So I mean, as far as the the you just took my thunder. Thing, oh, sorry, I just did a gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, goes. I just did I a mean, gorgeous George. George. That's what gorgeous George does. He that's the only. It. That's the only thing. When let's I go, think, let's when go. I think, to, let's go. Well, to I was just going to say when I think of submissions, <laughs> I want to think of ones that just somehow leave a lasting image in my mind and i remember watching the twister and just thinking like i cannot believe he's pulled that off didn't he almost pull it off a second time oh he put he tried it he tried to set it up multiple no no times. i mean in yeah, a different yeah. event yeah. like a second event yeah, i yeah. thought he almost got it or whatever yeah. but uh that one stuck out in my mind uh so i don't know but yeah i think he just fucking ruined it sorry dog twister <laughs> well i guess whatever. So, so that's what i was gonna say is that, you know because normally i'm the same way as you like if you see something that's uh that's rare or that you know it's it's something yeah. that you don't see a whole lot of or whatever. Um, it, then, like then even that the, one stands in out the to awards, you. there was the Goga Plata that somebody right. did. Yeah, like, somebody hits you the Goga Plata, you shit. go to that right away. Yeah, so. you're like, okay, that's like like when uh, when DJ hit the uh, flying oh triangle God, or whatever. Dude, Everybody was, was like, so okay, ridiculous. or the flying R bar, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Like people are like, okay, that's the, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, the twister was. And just because I, I think I love Bryce, man, he's just a he's a character. He man. is he's a cool. character. Been such a fan. I, I was a fan of his from from World Series. You can go back and see my my tweets back then. I was like, this dude's the real deal. Like, yeah. He had that that famous <laughs> interview with with Jamie Varner. He's like, why do they call you Thug Nasty? And he's like, <laughs> if you haven't seen this, it's great. Jamie Varner asked why they call him. I said Jamie Varner. I always used to do that. Joey Varner. Sorry, I apologize, Joey. Uh, there was, as you well know, there was a fat fighter by a similar name, uh, but Joey Varner went in there and asked him, and uh, he, he, you know, why do they call you Thug Nasty? He's like, you see me in the cage, you ain't see me in the street. And I was just like, oh, this guy is the best. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that to me would be the Dude, dark horse. Can you imagine candidate. if you could get yeah. Thug Nasty Jason Knight? Oh my God. Hick Diaz versus Thug Nasty. I was going to say, the crowd would be oh incredible. <laughs> how about, dude, how about like a main event in Little Rock or a main ben, event ben in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. my God. That Biloxi. would be amazing. Oh, I, I have never needed a fight so much in my life than I do that one right yeah, now. I, just, I, I I did not know I needed that fight, but I need it. Jeez, you want yeah. camo shorts. The whole crowd's in camo. <laughs> All right, so that's the dark horse candidate. So that's one that maybe should have been there. And that's a, that's that's a good. One. And then the more I think about it, you're right, man. Especially with with him being the character, and that, so that bit one that that may have may have should have been on the list. Uh, what, what do you think, Oscar? I mean, uh, Diego Fajardo. Obviously, that was kind of a, a statement submission over Anthony Pettis. Um, but Aljo's man, you, you talk about uh, a, a beating a, a man. I mean, we I think we all going into that fight 
thought it was going to be razor thin, neck and neck, back yeah. and forth, who's going to win this fight. And uh, Aljo just went out there, and my God, like that that was peak. Aljo just swarmed him. Yeah, no like he had a grudge breathe. on his shoulder. Yeah, like, man. He had, like, he had I'm this somewhere done. to beat. <laughs> well, yeah, for me, for me, I'm going to pick Aljo because, again, like the last answer, it's the stakes, right? You know, it's it's – Aljo versus Sandhagen, it was oh, like, oh, this could be a contender fight. It could be ruining a contender, you know, stuff like that. And, and Aljo came in and absolutely steamrolled him. And I think Aljo has, it, for me, and I know, John, we've spoken about this in private. For me, I feel that Aljo should be a bigger deal than he is to most I people. Agree. I think he's incredibly talented, and I just feel like he never really, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to click with people. But, um, yeah, for that performance, I was like, well, the guy's undeniable now, you know. I personally felt that while I'm excited to see the fight, Jose shouldn't have got the title shot. I think Yan versus Aljo was always the fight always to make, fight. and it was always there, even when Cejudo was picking out legends. I always thought those two should, should fight, and I think I think Aljo is just continuously underrated, so I'm going to pick him for this submission of the six months because I think the stakes were there and his performance smashed through them. I agree. I agree. And, and you're right, man. No disrespect to Aldo. Aldo is a legend. And it, I'll tell you what's been well, interesting. Aldo could win that fight, dude. He like, could. And it's, I'll tell you what's been really interesting is, you know, guys like Sanhagen, uh, guys like even Aljamain and other Bantamweights in the division, it's been interesting to hear them, like, really not be that mad because they have yeah. such respect for Aldo. They're like, guys. Oh, He's Aldo. Like, it's cool. Yeah. You get the shot. But I agree with you. I mean, will, I understood. Will they be that cool when he starts to do the same shtick that Cejudo did and only pick Legends? Absolutely <laughs> not. Right. That respect goes out the window real quick. When Cejudo comes flying back out of retirement to fight him. Yeah. It's, it's just like we were talking about. Like, Aldo. Oh, how garbage would that be? Oh, be terrible. How garbage will that be? <laughs> <laughs> Laying it out now. Yeah, uh, Should he win it? Aldo, Aldo Cejudo in Brazil, <laughs> I got. I understood Again, going back to the same reason as like why did you know why did Zhang Weili get her opportunity in China? Well, you get it. So Aldo yeah. Cejudo in in Brazil, I didn't love it, but I got it. Aldo and Yan on Fight Island. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that the, the reason why Aldo is fighting for the title is because Cejudo called him out and Cejudo wanted it. And then Cejudo retired. I was like, so why is he still fighting for the title, bro? <laughs> it's like, well, I can't take you back from a man like that. I already offered him a title yeah. shot. But, but yeah, you can. Yeah, you, can. <laughs> you do it all, you do it all you the time. You do it all the time. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Since we're tired, I, I agree. I think uh, – I think I think this is the submission of the half year, and uh, if I was going to say you know offer up a silver medal, I would say the Twister. And no, just, I, dude, I'm a huge Diego Fajardo fan. That's a dude that's flown under the radar uh, yeah. and doesn't get the respect that he deserves. But the rareness of the Twister, I think yeah. that, that probably should I have mean, been. I mean, that was the first time that uh, Pettis got submitted. If I'm if I'm uh, right, not wrong. So I mean, that is huge in its own right, and that's probably why it got bumped up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just. I love the fact that the Twister, it's even got a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So. All right, last one. Uh, best knockout. And uh, we've got some candidates here for sure. Honorable mention went to Francis Nagano over Jarzinho Roizenstrike. But the winner was Cody Garbrandt versus Rafael Asuncao at USC 250. Uh, obviously, we've had some big knockouts. Hell, USC 250 had some big knockouts as well. Um, Sean, by the way, how, i got to say, man, how great was that Sean O'Malley video where he was breaking down oh, like why why his knockout that, was that, better? That's when I started realizing I was like, oh, this guy's got a dry sense of humor, Super like genius clever, guy, yeah. man. And I can't remember who it was on our staff that was like, I have respect for this level of petty. You know, what <laughs> I mean? it's so good, man. Like yeah. it was such a good breakdown. But so I mean, so you could throw uh, Sean O'Malley in there maybe as well. But uh, what do you guys what, what do you guys think? That that Cody Garbrandt one was 
pretty damn special. Well, there's this Irish man in January. No, I'm joking. Uh, like, um, <laughs> you can throw that one in there. The, the, uh, the hip knockout. The shoulder I mean, hip you, knockout. When you knock it out a man with just a hip and a shoulder, maybe you do need to be on the list. No, I, I have to say, it's right now at this point in the year, it's, it's pretty hard to argue against Cody because... Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, first of all, that was the same night as O'Malley's knockout, which was also stupid. It was uh, incredible. But uh, if I'm talking about my personal reaction, what made me nearly flip the table over in front of me was Cody because it was just like yeah. something out of a film, you know, leaning over to one side. And it, I, I, for as, lo- as much love as I have for technical fights, I also love a bit of like playground violence. So I remember right. when Holly Holm head kicked Betch Cahaya and then she sort of just ran up and smacked her with the right hand I was like that's like something out of the pla- like the schoolyard when Betch tried to call time out yeah and she's like yeah <laughs> that's and the, the way Cody just like he threw it like a baseball pitcher and just whoop, like, it was unbelievable alright so but, all right, so playing into that I mean does Naganus deserve more recognition because it was just I mean because that to me is honestly uh, and and I would never say this to Francis' face, <laughs> but but that was cl- I mean to me that's what takes away from a little bit like the, the the power of his knockout was insane, the quickness of his knockout was insane, the juxtaposition of the silent arena was crazy, was yes. weird. Well, he, like, see, he looked like he was dead. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Like, you're like I just killed a man in in, in silence, you know. What I mean, so that was weird. But I mean, when you go back and watch the the the, the sequence. As scary as it is, and I don't think any human being alive wants to stand in front of Francis Nagano when he's swinging like that, it's not the technical beauty, Well, right? he did get tagged about eight times on the way in. Right. Well, it, well, it wasn't the Overeem knockout, for example. The right. Overeem knockout was absolutely amazing. With the the Jarzinho knockout, it was like he, he had somewhere else to go. It was like, he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's get, this done. get to the bank. And it was just like, you know, he just, just swarmed him, and it was a bit sloppy, and... While it was impressive, I think it was one of those things when you watch it in real time, you're like, oh, my God. And then when you watch the replay, and the more you see it, the less impressive like, it gets. That could have gone, yeah. gone the other yeah, way. And the, the yeah, and the more you watch it, the more you're like, mm, actually. It was funny. You know, I I, I flew uh, to Florida um, on the same flight with, with Francis and his team, and so he was actually sitting right behind me. So uh, we ended up on layover together in Dallas, and obviously Eric Nixick, uh, Dewey Cooper, you know, guys that we know really well from, from Vegas. So we were all talking for, for quite a while. And, and uh, Francis had shared a lot of really cool things um, about his story that I didn't even know about him. But, uh, you know, they were talking about the, the dedication they had done for, like, 15 weeks and how hard they had been working. <laughs> and after the fight, like, I reached out to Eric, and I was like, I was like, so is that the game plan? <laughs> 15 weeks for that? He was 15 like, seconds. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, not, that wasn't exactly the game plan. So, to me – yeah, the, the the sheer ferocity of Francis Naganu deserves, but as you said, like the Overeem knockout, like that's like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. he almost decapitated. To me, I, I, I like the Garbrandt one. I, and I like the Garbrandt one over the O'Malley one, even though I, I like O'Malley's video better. Uh, <laughs> and it was super technical. He's so good, but yeah, you're right. I mean that the the the, the angle at which he launched that and, and to see Garbrandt, and maybe too, you know, you talk about stakes. You know, this so, wasn't yeah, a title was fight, I was but about that, yeah. some personal stakes as well, right? Like a guy's like career is kind of on the line. Like, does this guy still have it? And you know, he comes out, and he's he's fighting smart, but then he starts to get that swagger. He starts, to <laughs> yes, dance. he does. You know, he starts to do that little dance, and then we all love, you know, and then hits him with that, and uh, and, and and you know, right at the bell, that makes it special. Yeah, that's true. The fact that he knew it was one hit or quitter, you always like that when they're just like the walk off. Yeah, you love a walk the off. The walk yeah. off. It's got to be me. Cold coffee, you, you're chilling with the uh, with the Ohio boy. I imagine you you, you gotta you gotta stick with your fellow uh, 
Buckeye. Are you it's a Buckeye if Buckeyes. you're just from Ohio, or do you have to be Ohio State? You have to be. Well, I mean, you have to still be. I mean, we. I think Buckeye we State, technically right? try to claim everybody, but there's some people that just <laughs> completely go the opposite route. Like I had uh, some best friends that uh, it hurts me to call them best friends that say. that decided to choose <laughs> that team up north as their as their uh, teams. But I think it is just what so Ohio State. They just revolted, and huh. Who, who our opponent was? Are that two Ohio teams? Texas. There is. There's Ohio University, and then there's Ohio State. I mean, there's a tons of colleges, but there's like the Ohio State, and then there's he Ohio won't say, University. He won't say it because their their bitter rival is Michigan. Okay. They won't even say Michigan. We didn't like to say their name, but <laughs> I will say their name if I have to. Uh, <laughs> he says but, after not saying it once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm gotten very good in my older age of. Uh, Politely skipping saying their name. Um, it, I think you 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 said said it with uh, when you were talking about Cody. Just I think that the sense of uh, immediacy that it came at the end of the buzzer, it was so dramatic. It was just so out of left field that we almost just like okay, the round's over. You had all these emotions like oh, we're gonna see another cool round of action. So true. And then to You're see like, it nope. just get immediately ended, it was just so jaw dropping. Also, perhaps because he had his back to the cage, right? Where Sean was in the middle of the cage. I think there's something about Cody having his back to the cage and then being like, "Nah, it's cool." And yeah, it's just- funny because DC kept trying to say, "Look, his eyes don't go." I'm like, <laughs> I don't see it quite like that. It looked like he was just like ducking down, like, "Hey, I got one more. I got one more. Throw me. Let's do this. Let's do this." You know. Whereas, like, Francis, I assume every time I see Francis, I'm going to see a debilitating, heart-stopping knockout. If I don't, then I'm like, okay, well, that sucked. Right. You know, so <laughs> it wasn't as shocking to me when I saw surprise Even though factor. it was. The surprise It factor. was the surprise factor. If it, if it comes down to the wow factor, like, you, when you still see it, you're still just like, oh, my God, this person is the scariest man alive, and he's completely devastating. But when you the, – the whole Cody was just so surprising to me that – when I thought about it at the end of the night, that's the that's the fight that stuck out in my head as for like the whole evening. It's just that that finish. So it's hard to, to, to as for the, the few knockouts that are that we're sort of talking about, it's hard to put anything else above it. And then when you put the fact that the Ohio State oh, shut up. is is still in there. That's like putting gravy on mashed potatoes. That's like putting salt and pepper There's on no the buttered corn. You know, I guess, I guess uh, not to steal a line from Dana, but you know, he, there's a, the holy shit moments when you watch yeah. a fight. Yeah. And out of uh, O'Malley and Garnu and Garbrandt, Cody's is the one that made me say holy shit. That's the, the holy right. shit. I mean, like O'Malley's was, O'Malley's a, wow. was dope. Yeah, yeah. O'Malley's uh, was a dope. Was a, finish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cody's was a holy shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody that yeah, saw that's that kind of now. That's the yeah. scale now. You got your O's, your Y's. Your, your, heart, your heart skips a little bit. I mean, I think we probably all like sort of held our breath for a moment without even thinking about it because it was so shocking when it happened. Yeah. It was just – it was so amazing. That, uh, I think I just screamed. I think <laughs> everybody in the meeting room sort of screamed a little bit. Uh, and, and most times we don't ever make noises back in the back. You'll hear it like oh, sort of yeah. comments a little bit when, as – When it elicits a going. roar from the media tent – because in the media tent – you know you're not being watched by anybody, so you can be a little bit more loose, but we're still all media professionals at the end yeah. of the day, so you're not trying to be like a fanboy. Yeah, you're not biased. Yeah. You're just screaming at action. I yeah. Think. yeah, you're just in, enjoying a good fight. So when you see something like that, you're like, holy cow, that is literally one of the yeah. most unique things I'm going to see. And that's my excuse soon. for running around the room when Nunes knocked out Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I screamed my fucking head That off. was, yeah. And Mazado asking, and I, was, I lost my shit then as well. That's crazy. Clearly, if those were in the running, those would be the winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. this, yeah, that's just this. We'll oh, take this one. All right, overall, it's good. We'll give, we'll give, uh, we'll give the young Mike Bon a pass on. He did pretty well here. I think maybe he messed up on the uh, on the male fighter of the year, but other than that, 
I think we're all pretty good with the selections. Maybe maybe a couple second place finishes could have been in there. But I think yeah. he, he represented us pretty well in the half year discussions. He didn't do so bad. I like it. All right, well listen. I uh, mean, I wouldn't say he's like journalist of the year type. Oh! Oh! Supporting your boy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Dude, Log what? on to World <laughs> MMA Awards. Vote for John Morgan. Vote for MMA Junkie. If there's a way to take a vote away from a candidate, <laughs> find that out. No, if, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you can give a silver medal, give it to the Mac Life. They deserve the silver yeah, medal. Yeah, we do. Oh, Fuck yeah. ESPN. Yeah. No, I like ESPN too. <laughs> we would. We, we, we would all appreciate it. Vote how you see fit. Yeah. Yes. We would definitely appreciate you. There are, there are, they're all good candidates. I mean, there's, def <laughs> there's, def there's definitely uh, some good people in there. I mean, it's fun. We, we were lucky enough. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that, you know, when you think about this at the end of the year and – Obviously, you know, I've always been not the biggest fan of this popularity contest, but I do appreciate the fact that when anytime you could look at your peers and sort of give credit to your peers, yeah. it's kind of cool to see. So it's cool to see the Mac Life getting some recognition. Um, cool. It's cool to see, I mean, even some of the names, I, I don't know where the. F Fuck Gareth came out of nowhere on this one. And I, I saw that. Oh, man. And, and I like Gareth, but I just think like there's so many other options, and that's the kind of thing that you've seen some people that get uh, been getting a little bit pissy about the the choice and whatever. But like I've said every well, year, you, have to remember, you just can't no, take it personal. You have to remember, just, no one gives a fuck. Like the fans don't give a fuck about the journalists. Oh, the this media. is definitely so just important award. This is yeah. just our ego. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just for the media's <laughs> ego. You know, one one less time of Casey coming in the room saying, the award winner's here. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But yeah. I love those cats. I mean, I, if, if people take pleasure out of this thing, I'm happy for you if you get your I award. I think the rivalry between the media outlets has declined heavily for the last couple of years. Well, you've had people moving around. So, I mean, now you have people that have worked at multiple of them. I think that's part of it. I think the other thing, too, is, yeah, I mean, Maybe just the industry's growth as a whole. In the beginning, I, th I think we all felt like we were battling for a little bit of position because there yeah. wasn't much real estate to be had. So everybody was very, very territorial. And now I think, I mean, you see it. I mean, I, I, I do think it's really awesome when we do things like, ah, oh, shit, man, my, my, my battery on my computer, you know, yeah. my camera just died. It's like, oh, yeah. well, you know, you know, it's funny. I use that same model. Here's a battery. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or, dude, my, dude, I don't know what happened, man, but my audio file corrupted. You know, it's like, ah. Bro, don't. I'll give you the audio file where it's yeah. you know where it's like, hey man, yes, we're all in competition. Of course, we all want to win awards. We all want to be the first one to get the video up. We all want to be the one that gets the most hits. But at the same time, we realize, hey, we all work around these people. We all work together. And it's like yeah. if something malfunctioned with their equipment, or if they forgot something, or made a mistake, you know. Now I draw the line at like. Hey, you didn't show up tonight. Can you send me all the audio for <laughs> yeah, tonight? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. no, I you absolutely could, cannot. Yeah, but if you're you working, a giant dick on that one. Yeah, but if you're working side by side with me and your your gear malfunctions or there's some you know technical error, even if it was human error, even if you're just like, dude, I don't know, I double tapped my recorder and that's not working. That might have even happened this last might, event to you. It might have happened. <laughs> no, I didn't mess up. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I might have known somebody yeah. else that had an audio issue on one so, of the people. So there but can you imagine if you screwed up the audio issue? <laughs> But no, but you're right. Well, I mean, that's like, just one World MMA Award nominated outlet helping another <laughs> helping World another. MMA Award nominated yes. outlet. That's what but we no, do. I mean, and, and it's funny because you know, while these are our competitors, these are some uh, these outlets and some of these people are, are some of my favorite people to see. You know, and uh, one of my favorite things that night, like I took a picture with me and. Uh, 
hot tea here. And <laughs> you it's funny. Forget my name, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Casey looked over and he's like, "What? You ain't gonna include me?" I was like, "Oh my bad. I just didn't see because we're distant." And then Casey took a picture and and he said it right. He was like, "You know, glad to see my road friends." Yeah. yeah. So while we are all in competing outlets or whatever, I mean, like. I care for his well-being. I care for Oscar's well-being. And like you said, if we're on the road and shit happens, these are the two first individuals I'm going to go to. And like, can you fucking help me out here? At some point, and I would do the a, same thing. At some point, we became a traveling circus, right? You know, it's, it. a, it's a ridiculous life we all live. It's a ridiculous right. profession we all have. And it's a niche sport. And I think maybe, like you said, John, as, as the sport's gotten bigger, and you see more and more people show up. Like, listen, I'm not going to lie. Case in point, Abu Dhabi last time. There's a lot of journalists, so I wouldn't Hundreds. know came back, and I wouldn't exactly yep. be super friendly to all these people like swarming in. You don't know the etiquette, you don't know the rules. I wouldn't be massively friendly to those people, but to the, it's very hard not to formulate. Even if you, there's there's like people in the game that I wouldn't personally like. Let's go grab a beer. There's people like that, but uh, well, that's if, saying something. No, but if, <laughs> but because you always grabbing beer. This is true. <laughs> I grab beer with you on the other side of the room. No, but if you could, like the people I wouldn't want to grab a beer with. But if you show up day in day, like every yeah. single event, like it's hard not to at least formulate some sort of bond of like, fuck, here we go again, guys, yeah. in the trenches together. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's ridiculous not to. Yeah. Be. But no, I mean so. I'd still vote for MMA junkie. <laughs> of course, of course. Do not vote for the Mac Life. That is that is the, what we're saying. But uh, I will be happy uh, should Mac Life get it. I'm happy for anybody that gets it that that wants to take it. So. No doubt. All right, listen. That's the world of MMA Awards. Make sure you do that. All right, listen. Like I said, uh, Oscar Willis is heading over to me. Hot tea, as you know him now. He's going to be with me uh, quite a bit. So I imagine I'll be uh, buying a couple cocktails along the way to try to uh, ply you of, of some of your time. Although it seems like we're going to have a lot of time because there's not much Seriously. else. Do, so. He's going to be looking for the camaraderie. Just seeing somebody. If you guys are stuck in your rooms as long as it's going to be. Yeah. I've got to do a mission impossible scale out the balcony down <laughs> to the bar. Steal something out and climb back up. That's awesome. It'll be a long stretch, but uh, we're looking forward to having some fights, some big fights. Of course, we'll preview them all. We'll wrap them all up. We'll, we'll do all that stuff. Make sure you're at patreon.com slash MMA Roadshow as well so you can you catch all the in half <laughs> episodes. You want those. We try to try to have a little analysis, little thoughts afterwards. Uh, but if nothing else, just catch us here, and I'll just say until until Abu Dhabi. <gasps> let's go uh, Let's go pack some alcohol into our bags and go quarantine. <laughs> and until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> 